Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. Another day, another thread, and we are glad to be here. So our, we have a four-day week, Monday through Thursday, and this is the Thursday edition. Listen, it ain't easy. You um, know, you know it's an interesting commitment. Um, you know, it, it's a, a pretty a regimented lot. type of thing, and uh, I have to make sure I'm here every day, which is not so easy. Oh, yeah. And it might sound like silly for people to be like, oh, you're just talking in front of a mic, but there's a lot of planning that goes into into mm-hmm. these things, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, uh, what can I say? You got to think of things that, you know, but interesting thing is that there uh, always is an abundance of things. Yeah. And after we finish each program, we decide, oh, we didn't discuss this. We didn't discuss that. That's like the purpose of this podcast. There's so much that happens every single day. How how much, how long do you think we could talk for if we do it? Didn't want to limit it to a half hour. You think we can go on for hours just talking? I think so. We should try that one day. Not today, though. No, not today, <laughs> no. I mean, have like a marathon. A marathon Maybe. just... Uh, just, um, I don't know, just talking about things. Of course, the way it works in, in life in general, usually, one thought leads to another. Yeah. So that's, that's how the thought process works. Yeah. So straying, we're going to stray a little bit away from politics today. I think we 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 really uh, focused a lot on politics this week because a lot was happening. Um, we'll give you a little break from politics and speak, I guess, some more about things that pertain to the from communities. Uh, for starters, you know, Sunday I'm going to be in New Jersey uh, with right. Nissan and Yochanan. Are you, are you coming as well? Um, I have a wedding Sunday night, so I don't so, think I'm going to go. Okay, so we're Is going it? we're going to the Knesset Shluchim in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, expect 6,500 people to be there. Uh, keynote speaker is George Rohr. So we're very excited about that. You can make sure to sign up to the Daily Thread WhatsApp account, WhatsApp status, and we're going to be posting live stuff, live stuff from the Knesset. Um, should be very exciting. We'll be asking different questions to different shluchim from all over the world. Now, George Rohr is a very interesting man. Uh, he has, um, uh, I believe, he's in the oil business uh, in Russia, going back many decades, and other parts of the world. I don't know that much about his business, but if you go to a Chabad house, usually anywhere in the world, you're going to see George Rohr's name because he is known for getting Chabad houses going yeah. uh, in the various locales uh, around the world, and. We have cousins, um, yeah. you know, um, besides Chaim Shaul, who's in Bosman, Montana. <coughs> besides him, who's in Bosman, Montana, we have uh, cousins in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. In, Birmingham, uh, Alabama. Melbourne, Australia. Um, New Orleans, Louisiana. We have cousins uh, in 770. Avram Gordon. He's at the airport, right? He's the Chabad Air. Bendel Brandwine, who's in Taiwan now. So all over the world, they're doing incredible stuff, and I can't wait to be there Sunday to uh, partake do I wear my kapata by the Knesset Shulchan? No? I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. You have to ask someone that has great expertise in that subject okay. than me. This week's Parsha is also <coughs> Parsha's Chayasar. You, you okay with your voice over there? I think I'm okay now. I know you had a really uh, not a good coffee this morning. Or you're not, you're drinking. No, I'm not- drinking it right now. It's just I had this problem before. It's just not hot, you know. <laughs> and coffee's supposed to be hot. It's can called feel, hot coffee. Can I feel it? It's called hot coffee, right? I feel like I'm going to. F- this is just coffee. You it's, see, it's not so hot. If you could hold the cup, yeah, it's not hot without the sleeve. I hear it's not really hot. This week's Parsha's Chayasara, and Parsha Chayasara, of course, in Chevron, uh, people are camping out in tents outside of Mahar Samachbela, but also it's the week of Shaduchim. Well, it's first of all, it's the breakout uh, year after COVID. Of course, yeah. last year there was still a reluctance to travel. There was limitations to travel, and they only allowed X amount of people into Hebron for Shabbos. Um, but um, this year, according to Dan Rosenstein, who's the executive director of the Hebron Fund, who used to live here in the five towns before he made Aliyah, uh, he says there's going to be the usual, you know, probably thirty, forty thousand 40,000 uh, people. Wow. 
that are going to be there. And uh, it's very elaborate. I spent one Shabbos there. Yeah, you did. You slept uh, in a tent outside. I didn't stay. No, I slept in a. I slept in a luxurious uh, yeshiva dormitory. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, very, very, you know, luxurious uh, tongue in cheek. Uh, we should say, but they don't have five star hotels in in Hebron. Um, we were looking over our, our window in our room overlooked the, what they call the Abu Snana Hills. That's where the Palestinian snipers usually shoot from. Mm. And so I just, you know, I just kept my head low. Mm. So I made sure that I, if I got near the window, I ducked. Yeah. Okay. So this week is, is known as the Parsha Shadachim. You want to elaborate? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, Sarah passes away and she's buried at the Maros Machpelah. And uh, Yitzchak is already uh, 37 years old. Okay. And he needs a shidduch. Thirty-seven. He's considered like an older single nowadays. Um, yes, I, I I'm very fond. Uh, I discovered many years ago that uh, this could be the forerunner for what is known today as the shidduch crisis. But you also see that Avram and Sarah had a thirty-seven-year-old son that uh, wasn't married. You see the chesed of the rabbi Shalom in this. How do you see the chesed, the rabbi Shalom? They could have had a thirty-seven-year-old daughter, and they were. They <laughs> <laughs> then they would have had a different. I don't know how that's going to go over, but we'll, we'll let it <laughs> no, fly. No, it's a joke, but that's <laughs> but but you, you you guys you understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, Avram Avinu sends Eliezer, uh, his uh, faithful companion and uh, servant, I should say. I guess it's not politically correct to say servant, but anyway, he sends Eliezer to find a shidduch for Yitzchak Avinu, and uh, and he finds uh, Rivka. He sends him in a faraway place uh, to members of his family, and. Uh, he finds her in the in a family of Basul, who is you know what today would they would call today uh, not Jewish or or not from. Uh, um, I'm not sure about uh, the lineage because you know the Jewish people weren't born yet. It wasn't such an identity yet. Avram was the first Jew, uh, but um, the thing that we were discussing before is that the Torah uh, um, uses 67 psukim to describe how Eliezer traveled uh, to. Um, the area where he uh, found uh, Rivka by a uh, by a well, and and he prayed to Hashem that how is he going to know who the girl is for Yitzchak? And the Torah, the Pasha that we're going to read the Shabbos says that he, that he asked Hashem to show him a sign that if she offers him water, and then she also offers him to uh, have water for his camels that he's traveling with, then that's the girl, and that's exactly what happened. And the Torah tells over that story, and then. Uh, Eliezer tells a story over to Basuel, the girl's Rivka's father. So that's why you end up with 67 Pesukim, just dedicated sure. to describing a Shidduch. Why? I mean, every, we know that every single letter in the Torah is accounted for for a reason. The fundamental, uh, the foundation of society is, uh, is, is, uh, is marriage and family. That's how the world gets populated, and that's how the world advances and grows. I mean, for, from, that, from that story, I feel like it's a raya that we should, maybe, maybe girls should be the ones getting the resumes first. You know, it was on Rif, the balls in Rifka's court to bring Yitzchak water, and that was a sign that that, that was a match. Well, maybe she, also was a sign that the girl should pay for the meals. Uh, she was out there. Uh, she was out there. Um, she was out there, you know, doing her uh, work for her father that day. And when she just encountered a stranger, which happened to be Eliezer, whether the girl should uh, be more um, aggressive, you think? And uh, uh, aggressive, pay, just and just an stuff? active. Uh, I'm about paying. I'm kidding about the paying part. We'll park. We'll park that with people changing their agenda to run for vice president for a third term. And we'll address all those problems on a different day. Okay, but this is a story uh, that's from Sivan Rechav Meir, which is very appropriate. 
uh, for this week's parsha. Um, you know, as soon as as soon as he completed the burial of his wife Sarah, Avram thinks of the next generation, specifically about finding a wife for his son Yitzchak. Thus, he moves from death back to life. So this is a story about again, like I mentioned, Sachi and uh, Tzila. And Sachi recounts as follows. After having lived for quite a few years in the Nachlalot neighborhood of Jerusalem, I was surrounded by friends, had been so many Shabbos meals where there were lots of people, and gone on many dates without success. Then when I was 36, near the age of Yitzchak, 37, my mother died, mm-hmm. and something changed. I felt an emptiness and sadness that I'd never known before. Many thoughts went through my mind, the main one being, how is it possible that I never got to have my mother walk me down to, walk me down to the Chapa, that she will never see my children? I'll go to sleep with these thoughts and wake up with them in the morning. I kept going out and unsuccessful unsu- I kept going out on unsuccessful dates and one day I thought to myself, instead of going out on another date and investing energy and coffee in someone I don't know, what if I took a different look at this? And what if I look at what if I took a look at someone who I already do know? I started a campaign that I called in my mind, make your friend your wife. For the first time, I looked around myself with a serious and different attitude. I found that I really did know great women at work and in the circles of my family and friends. So that was so that so. What was the problem? The problem was that I already knew them. I picked up the phone and I called Tzila, and even though she knew me, I asked her out, and she said yes. And that's how I found the love of my life. Was it awkward? Of course, it was awkward. But I think it's better to be a bit awkward and today be happily married and father of four. After the wedding, I gave my wife a second ring one that had belonged to my late mother, and told her that the words of the verse, Yitzchak was comforted for the loss of his mother, had been fulfilled in me. It's a very touching story. Um, really, it's, a, it's an emotional uh, thing. Uh, but also, if you want to do, you know, and we're, we're, we're living through what they call a shidduch crisis. Yeah, that's what they say. I mean, no, say. listen, if you're married and you have children, you know, you have a nice place to live, you have an apartment or a house, and, and you drive a car and you have a job, then... You don't know about the crisis, but we know that there's a there's a there's a shit of crisis. There's a lot of girls and boys, uh, if advanced age uh, for marriage in our community anyway, thirties, forties, you know, and 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 higher, and it's 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 a struggle, and um, you see that. Um, I know I made I made a few shidduchim in my life. You have flex. Yes, I met, I'm, we're not going to go through the names, please, but right now, of course, then we're going to have to do a two hour show, <laughs> but. Um, uh, we could do that some other time. I have some great stories to tell. You do. <laughs> but uh, um, what did I want to say? I wanted to say that very often you, you call a guy up with an idea of a girl and, and they say exactly that. They say, I know her already. I know her already. And, that's, and that, that eliminates her as a potential candidate for a shidduch because I know her already. What this young man is saying, uh, Tzachi, he's saying that he searched his mind and his soul and he said, "Let me look at the girls that I know already." You think it's uh, it's something that can be replicated in in, in in mass? It could it could be. I'm not going to say that it's going to change things a hundred percent. But um, if you're using "Oh, I know them already" as a reason why not to go out with somebody, that uh, needs to be looked at. You need to uh, you know um, uh, you need to analyze that uh, in your own mind and, and think to yourself whether that's the right thing. Look at this guy. He was 36 years old, and, you know, he was living with his mother, apparently, till she passed away. Then he was alone, and it troubled him. Make your friend your wife. It has a nice ring to it, for sure. 
I wonder how people will take to that. Make it's your a nice, your wife. It's a take nice campaign. It's almost as like uh, meaningful matches. Yeah, that never we were, really took off. That we were, listen, because we, we only discussed it in my kitchen. So it's true. And <laughs> I was st- I was still single when I started. Uh, you I know, think I was. I mean, uh, I'm not, don't you, you don't have to throw. Uh, I mean, Naki's a very busy guy, but you don't have to throw resumes at us. But uh, we should look into it sometime down the road in the future to do. What well, you're suggesting is that people don't even have to send resumes. Just look at the people in your own life you're friends with. You know, if you're a guy, that, that girl that you ended up by a Shabbos table with 15 times yeah. already, that, oh, no, I know her, we're friendly, make your friend your wife. Uh, but maybe we should try to make our contribution to breaking the logjam and uh, and facilitating some shtuchim, you know? Yeah, we spent, we spent Shabbos, uh, we spent actually Yontif in, uh, in, in Muncie, and we had the opportunity to bump into Rabbi Shai Eleven, who started this organization 10K. in honor of his 10K of, yeah, in honor of his his uh, son and his at the time his future daughter in law Yisrael and Eliezer who passed away. Uh, 10K Bati Yisrael to make you know ten thousand shidduchim, and it was really a campaign to get people to to think about. Even you don't have to be a shadchan to make a shidduch. Um, it's a few years already, and through his efforts, you know, he didn't make 10,000 shidduchim, but he made a few hundred. He definitely had over, I think, close to 10,000 shidduchim read. That's the Achilles heel of the from community. Is that it? Is what Can I tell you what I think the Achilles heel of the from community is? And it might be hand in hand. You know, I want to I preface it by saying that I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're all doing the best. Everyone's doing the best we can. And uh, when, whenever we have these discussions, we can't, we can't compare it. Uh, to the non-Jewish world because if we do we're doing an incredible job but we can only compare ourselves to what we did yesterday and we're always trying to improve as a community Mm -hmm. so it's not as if oh we're criticizing the from community we're just looking for ways to get better and grow I think that and maybe we'll we'll, we'll spend another episode discussing something like this but I think that rejection is a is a is a difficult part in our in our circles when it comes to high school when it comes to seminary when it comes to shaduchim and um, I don't think we really give yeah, enough so credence to yeah, yeah, how 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 much the rejection actually plays a role in in our in our kids' lives, like an eighth grader or a girl in seminary getting rejected from three four schools. You know what that does. I'm not saying I don't know the solution. I, I understand not every school can take every person, but like um, I, I know I know a guy. He's in his early thirties, and whenever I, I I whenever I try to read him a shidduch, I talk to his mother. Whenever I went, tried to read him a shidduch, I, I could tell, I could sense after all this time, he went out with one or two girls that I suggested, but I must have suggested over the last few years, 20 girls. And I see that he's anticipating, he's analyzing who they are and what he's anticipating their response is going to be after the first date. And, you know, maybe he's been turned down too much and he wants to keep himself out of those types of situations. It's, it's really, it's a difficult thing. And I think that, Rejection is a part of life. It happens when you're married. It happens when you have going for a job interview. It happens if you're, you know, trying to get a business deal done. But I think that when it happens to our younger, when it happens to younger members of our of our community, it, it leads a, a lasting impression that it's hard to really. Of come, course, come it's with. traumatic, you know. But it happens to. Uh, well, yeah. Let me ask you a question: A girl who applies to three, four, five high schools and gets rejected by all of them. What's what? What is she supposed to like? What is she supposed to do? What is she supposed to feel like? <laughs> that's very. That's very insensitive. Uh, the school should. But a school uh, supposed to supposed to take like, like what? What's the what's the what's the solution? A school should just accept. There's always a place. There's always a place for for people. The but fact, a place thinks the that fact I'm that, not that place. The fact that that a school year or a seminary year starts and a, a young lady or even a young man doesn't have a place. Uh, is uh, is unforgivable. Yeah, but Abba, I think that even that if, even the fact that it gets that far, you know, like 
you know, we recently had an episode of Meaningful People, and Rivka Shotkin was the guest. Right. She, you know, she's obviously she was paralyzed from the waist down, and now right. she's not. Now she's not in school. She's schooling at home. But she had mentioned in passing in the interview that she applied to high school after high school after high school, and she that. got rejected and rejected right. and rejected. And it came to a point where she just didn't believe in herself. And ultimately, she did get in somewhere. But like you see the effect that it has on someone. It makes them feel like like nothing. And even if they do end up being taken in. Who wants? It's like it's getting it's like getting picked last in the, in the, in the, like you know as a kid standing up against the wall getting picked last for the volleyball game or dodgeball game. It's it's insensitive. And as a community, we're always trying to be sensitive and do the nice thing and the kind thing, and, and we're always trying to push the, the needle forward. And I think this discussion is part of that. Like, what are we what are we doing? We can't have people feel like shrine. I heard a few years ago, I think about schools in the Lakewood, I think when Rabbi Leib Steinman was still alive, and there was X amount of kids, maybe 50 kids left out, had no yeshiva for the year, uh, he uh, directed the uh, leadership in the community not to open any schools, not to until open they any all yeshiva, until they all have a place. Yeah, but let, let me ask you a question. So it's, it's let's say the school year starts September 1st, and now it's September 5th, and the schools are closed because these 50 girls don't have a place. You could How are those 50 girls supposed to feel? You find, okay. How are they supposed to feel know. already no. at that point? Let's say they're going to get they're gonna get in. How do they feel? What's, uh, like, what's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but you have to have some kind of an executive committee that oversees the overseers uh, and looks takes a step back and looks at the big picture and has a, a list of people and makes sure... They, they, everyone knows people in key positions. But I think that, you know, first of all, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. We hear this so often about, about when it comes to seminaries and high schools. You know, I know when seminary, I, I know just from running Meaningful Minute, when seminary decision day rolls around, when seminaries are giving their answers to the, to the students, you know, girls are sponsoring Meaningful Minute videos. So they get into a seminary in droves. And it just makes me sad um, because like, it's such a stress of we're not going to get accepted. We're not going to get accepted. And, yes, and many is, don't. It and it's just like, we try to be so sensitive in so many different areas of Jewish life. And I think that we, we could do better. We could do better in this area. Uh, but some, some, of course we can. Um, I have a friend a few years ago, had a daughter that wasn't getting into any high school. Uh, didn't at least not the high schools that she would have preferred. And, um, and he, they were besides her parents were besides themselves. They didn't know what to do. Um, I happened to speak to them uh, about it. Uh, just we were talking about something else. I met them at a hotel somewhere, and they mentioned it to me. And uh, all I had to do was I knew someone that knows the guy, the person, the rabbi that runs that school. All I had to do was speak to this fellow that I knew who was friends with the head of the school and tell him what we were looking to happen. It happened in five minutes. But what about the family that doesn't have pull? What about Protect the family you. that doesn't Protect have you. money or pull? Like, what are they supposed to do? They're just, they're good. Like, again, it's a prime example. Rifka Shakin, the whole world is is like, is is halishing over her now, inviting her to come speak in, sh- in, right. in, in schools right. and in organizations. Right. Right. And this is the girl that two years ago wouldn't get into the high school that right. most likely is inviting her to come speak now. What about the ones that we miss out on? What about the people who no, are... No, some people will tell you that that's how character gets built. By, by rejections because the whole uh, there's always there's rejection in life on all all levels it could be yeah. I know and, and yeah and you have to figure you have to figure out a way to overcome it I think I think Churchill said is uh, Winston Churchill said that success is what happens in between failures I totally get that but it doesn't excuse the people who are doing it I under you know I think what do you want to do to them who to those people that are not accepting kids into the school when they're maxed out and there's no more room in the school what should they do? 
stretch the school? What should they do? I don't have the solution, but I think there needs to be a solution. Open up the schools. I mean, we have a lot of, we're sitting here in these five towns. There's been a lot of new schools opened up in the last few years to accommodate the, the, the growth, bar Hashem, of the community. Uh, just, you, you need more schools. I think Someone that. Someone was in my house yesterday. Yeah. It was opening up a yeshiva. You know, it was opening up a yeshiva. We can discuss it at a future time, maybe, for uh, dyslexic kids. Because he says that they're not accommodated in the yeshivas. And he, he spoke to me about yeshivas that you're familiar with that have a name of having kids that are uh, acting up or um, uh, or are um, what you call what they call OTD or off the yeah. derech. Uh, and he, he said to me that he found that most of these kids are acting up and, and, and underperforming in school and being thrown out of schools because of learning disabilities and the frustration that comes along with it and the inability of the schools to accommodate, to work with them. So this guy's opening up a yeshiva for boys and girls, separate, just for dyslexic kids. I think that's amazing. But I also think that when it comes to a pool of kids who aren't getting into schools and the kid is a good kid and they and they have potential to be a, a gem, a star, but maybe they can't read Rashi the way that you want them to read Rashi or they can't read the Gemara the way that you wish they read the Gemara, maybe take another look at them and maybe think that, you know what, if we can invest in this child, if we could put in the right uh, kayach and the right uh, into this kid, he could be a star. I think that schools need, I don't know, I, I don't have a solution. You want to open a school? A no, minute, I, I just, minute school? no, but I want communities to take a chayas for the for especially for the children in their communities uh, yeah, you have and to, to make sure that no one feels you know, you, you know, neglected you, you, or rejected. You, you gotta, you have to break that down. You say things, and you, what, you have to define what what is a community. A community. What does that mean? What, a, what is a community? Well, a, this, 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 a community. What? It's a geographic community. I think if a girl uh, if a girl lives in Muncie, then then the Muncie schools yeah, who, need to get who's in charge of get, and then all Muncie heads of schools need to get together and figure out where all these girls are going to end up. And if a girl lives in Passaic, then all the schools in Passaic need to get together and figure out where all the girls are going to end up. If a girl lives in the five towns, then all the schools in five towns need to make sure that every single girl is accounted for. If they want, if they apply to their school, they have to make sure that one of the schools are taking them and not just taking them as a as a as a favor or getting pushed in and made feel like garbage. So who's going to coordinate that? I don't know. Maybe Tori Misora. I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about Torah Masar. I don't know what they do. I don't know if well, they have the ability someone, to do like, that. Maybe they're good. I don't know. Like why? Like, like why can't? Why can't? Why can't we get our act together? Why? Why do we always have to see these headlines every year? How schools delay open because fifteen girls are not accepted? You know, it's are like, there kids in those communities today? And now where it's November seventeenth. Are there kids in those communities that are just home because they're nowhere? I have no idea. I don't know. But I don't, that's not my point. My point is that if they're just home, my point is how are they made to feel if they have to be pushed into a school and it had to be called in favors from their great uncle and great aunt and they have to go there knowing that they're in on a favor and on probation because of what? <laughs> because they're not academically as you, smart as everyone else? Uh, you want a perfect world. That's I don't want a want. perfect world. No, we all want a perfect world, but it's not possible. I'm not asking for a perfect world. I'm asking for more sensitivity when it comes to our, our children. I think that it, it leads, it, you know, the issues that kids could have when it comes to the rejection of high school and seminary certainly leads to the issues that we have when it comes to Shaduchim. I 100% believe it. It leads to the, one leads to the next. Well, listen, it's not a pleasant tell thing. Me, tell me something. If a, if, a, if a guy or girl gets rejected by every single high school and they have to be taken in as a favor and have to go through that awful process, when it comes to getting married, do you think they're going to be like, oh, gung-ho about it and they're going to be saying yes and they're going to be dating well? Listen, we're all the sum total of our experiences, and and and, and that's life. Uh, we're we're frail human beings, and we have to deal with the challenges that are presented to us in our lives. Saying we we could do better, and we always find ways to do better. We always find ways to do better. And I think in this area, we could find a way to do better. 
All right, let's come up with a plan on how to do better. I bet you if, if we were live on the internet now or wherever this goes. People would and, have ideas. And you had phone. First of all, no, you would get nine out of ten calls would be people that have these exact problems. Yeah. Maybe somebody in the mix would have an idea about how to uh, repair the, the damage that's being done to young people that stays with them for their whole lives. For the rest of their lives. For the rest Absolutely. of their lives. Absolutely. And guess what? You can go ahead and just message us on, on WhatsApp on our status account. The link is in the show notes in the description. Or you can email us at the daily thread at meaningfulmoney.org. It'd be, it'd be my greatest, greatest honor if through this podcast we can affect change. We can actually make a difference because these things really bother me. It's it's just like, you know, and it's, I don't know, I don't want to, there's no blame to be had. Oh, principals, teachers, everyone's doing the best they can. But I think so, that as we, we can all do a little bit better so you, together. You, so you said that spills over into Shadokim, you said. I, I think so, 100%. So I know, we know a Shadokim, a uh, very prolific Shadokim, very sought after. And he makes, he told me he makes 50 Shadokim a year. 50. Fifty. Okay. And he and he has and he has a, a thousand unanswered emails in his uh, mailbox at any given time. Okay. That he can't answer. Well, you have five hundred thousand. Yeah, but I'm not a shatran. Okay. I, I mean, not really. I'm a casual part-time shatran. Yeah. Uh, unprofessional. This guy's a professional. Okay. And uh, I said to him, "Why don't you respond to these people?" He says, "If I respond to the th- a thousand people that write me all the time, I wouldn't have time to make even the fifty shadokim." Because it's a, a lot of work is invested in making these fifty shadokim. A lot of very time consuming, and once they start going out, and it it's, looks like it's going someplace. It gets complicated very often, and needs somebody's uh, needs a third party that's a little bit disconnected from the emotions to uh, to be involved in the mechanics of making it work. I don't know. I, I hear shadokim is is. Uh... Listen, I don't. In my opinion, is the whole thing is being mismanaged. I have friends that I have friends that I have kids in Shaduchim, and it's mismanaged. I think it's a bold, it's a very uh, bold it's, thing to say. It works for a lot of people. Yeah, it does work for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for a lot more people. I think. Yeah. Well, you're you're the one that's saying that even if it doesn't work for 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 two percent, it's a tragedy. So are you okay am I with, saying that okay when it that? comes are to okay Shadokim or am I saying that when it comes to rejection in our, are you in our okay young with kids? Are not working for 5% of the people? What, the Shidduch system? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, they're I don't think we men ever... Men and women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, I don't, 50s unmarried because it didn't work for them. I don't think we could ever be okay with it. I think when it comes to the Jewish world, we value every single life as a world and I don't think we could ever be okay with with a, with a margin of error like that. I think we always have to find ways to innovate and and, and, and make right. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have solutions. Maybe, you know, it's it, the, the only way to get a solution is to start the conversation. And we're certainly not starting the conversation. The conversation's been having for decades, but uh, maybe not in this venue. No, we haven't been getting anywhere if it's going on. The conversation's going on for decades. You know, then nothing is really happening. It's like the New York Knicks. They haven't been in the playoffs, what? 10 years, 20 yeah. years. A nice win last night, though. So let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and read some some feedback we got some from mail. our, from, from some mail, but we got a lot of WhatsApp messages. So guys, make sure to hit that up. Um, someone responded, you know, to my claim yesterday. Why do you think Ivanka does want to be involved in this time around? And they said, I think Ivanka does not want to align herself with her father. If it was really about her prioritizing her family, she could have said that at a later time. I think it's just an excuse. The presidency didn't end well, and she does not want to align herself with her father. Uh, so I I happen to agree with with that. I think that uh, that's true. I don't think Ivanka is partaking in this election for that reason. Um, let's check out some more. Uh, we got another email here. Another email here. I don't know if they want me to say their name, so I'm just gonna. I'm not going to. Hi Nachi, I truly enjoy your podcast. I'm awed at how you co-host the podcast with your father. 
two of you often have opposing views, such as Zionism, politics, and anti-Semitism, along with the fact that you have three phones. Yeah, thank you. That you respectfully navigate the conversations. I personally struggle with getting emotionally involved with my parents. Uh, when, when, when my parents oppose my opinions or challenge my preferences, this is a daily reminder on how to actively listen mm-hmm. to others and stay out of the pool when they get personal at my opinions. Thank you for the great service for Claudia Sorrell. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting uh, observation. Yeah. So we haven't had a real fight on the podcast yet. Yeah. We never had a fight. No, ever. Well, um, it's because you're the, you're the sixth of six, uh, and I spent all my energy. Yeah. <laughs> Another email we got here uh, is... Hi, I love the Daily Thread. I just wanted to respond to the idea of Nahi not speaking too strongly about the Arabs and the Israeli government since he doesn't live there. I right. disagree with the notion that someone who doesn't live in Israel shouldn't express strong opinions on its government. Israel belongs to all Jews, and it's a duty of each Jew to make sure make it their business and to care about what goes on there. Just because we are in America doesn't make any of our Jewish identity change. Israel needs the American Jewish support. The alternative would be lots of Yidden living in America and not caring about Israel because they don't live there. Not the kind of reality that I want to live in, nor does it sound consistent with what the Torah demands of us. Eretz Israel is still ours, even if we don't live there yet. Thank you for the amazing platform. I agree, honestly. I heard what you said yesterday about, about if you don't live there, then don't talk about it. But the, Jew, the Israeli people need the Jewish people in, See, in America. You're talk, two things. You're talking about extremes again. Uh, live there or don't live there. You know, you could be critical of, of things that you don't like in Eretz Israel, but you have to temper it down. You have to... You have to, you know, turn the volume down a little bit because you don't live there. Okay. Of course you have a stake in Eretz Yisrael. I agree with that. All Jews have a stake uh, in Eretz Yisrael. There's no question about it. And and more than just from a distance. We all have family there. We have cousins, nephews, nieces, children very often. So you have a stake, even if you're sitting in Lakewood or the Five Towns or in Miami Beach. You have a a stake of, uh, of some sort. I hear uh, the other, the, the final story that I just want to mention for today, um, and that'll be our episode, is a new star emerging from Yeshiva University, and that is Zevi Samet. Uh, he's from Muncie, New York. He had 11 three-pointers last night. He finished with 40 points in his home debut. Uh, something that stood out, and this is all put on the screen over here, a uh, tweet from Aaron Wyden, or Whedon. He just walked into the gym to check on Zevi. He looks at his stats in the statute and says, I'm definitely not looking at my phone tonight. Got a shower and get to 1045 Marv. Uh, he's a freshman? He, I think he's a freshman at YU. I think sophomore or freshman. I so think. I saw that he's six foot one, and he had eleven three pointers last night. Eleven three pointers. He went to Rashid in Israel for yeshiva, and now he's he's playing with a velvet big yarmulke on his head in Yeshiva University. You know, like we mentioned a little while ago about Ryan Terrell. Like it could be Ryan Terrell is is you know paving a new path, a, uh, paving sorry. a new path for from Jews being serious about basketball. That's uh, great. Uh, Ryan Terrell uh, wears a knitted yarmulke. I think the velvet yarmulke is uh, uh, way more, so I think they're less likely to fly off. Yeah, stark. Or, or you can but use, maybe, it, maybe it might hurt his vertical, though. Or you could use more pins to keep it down. Maybe. Anyways, that's our episode for today. Make sure to go ahead and subscribe, leave a rating, a review. Um, we'd appreciate it. Go ahead and sign up for our WhatsApp status. That's you know The link is in the description. Of course, if you want to advertise on this platform, you can go ahead and message us on WhatsApp. The link is in the description of the show notes. Have a great weekend, and we will see you again on Monday. Shabbat shalom.